welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and I'm here with Mary Alice Carpenter, a midwife and team member here at Baby Chick. We're here doling out no-nonsense pregnancy and parenting advice. We've worked with hundreds of families and have condensed all that we've learned to bring you simple, practical, and immediate advice for preventing pregnancy and parenting conundrums. Mary Alice and I have both recently given birth to babies. Mary Alice gave birth to her first child, a baby girl, and I just a few weeks ago gave birth to my second child, also a baby girl. We definitely had different but powerful birth experiences, and we thought it would be great to talk about our birth stories and share with you what you may expect from childbirth. We both had vaginal births, so this episode is all about what you may expect during labor and a vaginal delivery. We'll be sure to share another episode in the future about what to expect during a cesarean birth. So let's dive in. Hey guys, and Mary Alice, how you doing, girl? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You know, just with a baby and hanging out. (laughs) Same. Oh my gosh, y'all. So you guys, we have been doing what to expect with all the trimesters. And now Mary Alice and I have had babies. So now it's important to talk about labor and delivery, what all of that looks like, what you can expect. Before we jump into all of this, I will say Mary Alice and I both had vaginal births. So we're going to have to do another episode about what to expect for you know a cesarean birth, which we think is really important as well. But we're going to be sharing our personal experiences and what you can potentially expect during your labor and a vaginal birth. So Mary Alice, let's do this. So Braxton Hicks, I think that's the first thing, right? That's the first thing most people kind of feel this like false labor, Braxton Hicks, like, ooh, is it labor? Is it not labor? I'm something's going on <laughs> in my uterus. <laughs> when did you start feeling Braxton Hicks? I started feeling Braxton Hicks probably around like 34 weeks, 33, 34 yeah. weeks. And then as I got closer to my due date, I definitely started noticing them more and more. And the week before she was born, I had tons of Braxton Hicks and a lot of like, is this it? Is it going to be today? Is it going to be tonight? Is it going to be like, I, I was confused. And I never, I mean, this was your second baby. This was my first baby. I'd never felt it before. So I had no idea, like, what's this going to feel like? Like, this feels like something. And then, and also (laughs) then I started having contractions that actually felt like kind of painful. Well, I thought they were painful until I was really in labor. And then I was like, those are nothing. <laughs> but I thought that they hurt. <laughs> and so <laughs> Braxton Hicks kind of, you know, all that beginning labor stuff can be kind of a trip. Oh, yeah, totally. I love how you remember that because like, oh, 34 weeks. I'm like, I have no idea when well, I first started guess. feeling this. Yeah, no, well, that's a pretty good guess. I really do not remember. I, but with Liam, I was like, oh, this is when this yeah. happened and this is when this I happened. Mean, but now I'm like. 34 weeks is when I started feeling them regularly. I would say when I was like regular. 28 weeks, I started like every once in a while, I would be like, feeling oh, my uterus is really hard. But like around 34 weeks, I was getting them several times a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I know that it was definitely happening f- for sure third trimester pretty regularly. But the funny thing is with Braxton Hicks, you know, some people will experience those Braxton Hicks really leading up to the big day, their their labor. But I didn't experience that with with this delivery. And it it just it just went off like a rocket is <laughs> and we'll get into that later. But but yeah, 
for y'all listening, usually women typically experience kind of like what you said, Mary Alice, like you'll fill them maybe as early as, you know, 18, 20 weeks on and off, just like your uterus or your tummy just getting really firm. And then as you approach, get closer to your due date, they will start getting a little bit stronger, tighter, more frequent. And you'll be like, oh, wow, yeah, this we're getting closer to my yeah. due date. So something's going to happen. Yeah, the week before I had the baby, I would say like every time I moved, I got back to next. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, that's great. That's Your uterus is working. I love it. I love it. So yes, Braxton Hicks. But the next thing that some people notice and some people don't, because I didn't know that I lost mine with with my first baby, but I totally saw it with this one. Losing your mucus plug. You guys, this is a real thing. Mary Alice, tell us I about this. I definitely lost my mucus plug. And it is most people notice it, I think, like they go to the bathroom, they wipe, and they're like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and mine was like a really obvious like tube of mucus. It was like, yes. that was in my cervix. <laughs> um, <laughs> and mine was clear, but like jelly, like, but like formed, like not like just like mucusy discharge. Like it was really clearly something like it was, <laughs> it was harder than that. I don't know how else to describe it. And I lost my mucus plug, I think five days. Cause I went back and counted. Cause when you lost your mucus plug, we, you yep. and I talked on the phone and you were like, is it coming? Is it coming? And I, <laughs> I went back and counted and I think I lost it five days before my water broke. Yeah. I'm looking at my notes. I wrote down notes, y'all, in my phone. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> I lost mine at 39 weeks and one day. And I and it happened exactly how you said. It was at 1.45 p.m. I went to the bathroom. <laughs> and after I wiped, I just saw this, like, just like you said, this long, like, tube of mucus. It was clear, but a yellowish tint with a little bit of brown inside the tube. So that's like dried blood. Or old but yeah, blood, long yeah. and thick, like old blood. Yeah. So I was like, whoa, that is for sure yeah. my mucus plug. Yeah. And so you guys, where your mucus plug lives is inside your cervix. So think of like your, your uterus is like a wine bottle. And then your cervix is like the neck of your wine bottle. And then your mucus plug is the cork. So you got to lose that cork to be able to get to the wine. And you got to lose that mucus plug to be able to get to the baby. But your baby is still inside an amniotic sac. So it's not a direct access to the baby, but it's a really great sign that you are going to be going into labor. So like you said, Mary Alice, you went into labor. How five days after five five days days after I lost my mucus plug. Yeah. And mine was, I, mine happened at 39 weeks and one day, but I didn't go into labor until 40 weeks and three days. So, I mean, some people will lose it and they'll go into labor like that night and some people will lose it and it'll be two weeks later. So don't take that as like, oh my gosh, I lost my mucus plug. I'm going to be going into labor any day. Well, you could, but you also could be like me and not. <laughs> so yeah, that there's that. So another thing that comes out of you, ooh, another big sign <laughs> diarrhea. Yes. I definitely <laughs> Did you I definitely had this. Except mine <laughs> it sort of tripped me up because it happened again. It was one of those things kind of like the Braxton Hicks like happened like 
a lot the last two weeks before I had the baby, but not necessarily like the day or two before. And for some people, it's like they start having diarrhea and then like the next, that night they go into labor. Like that sort of is what what like kicks it. And that's what people say like, oh, eat something spicy, you know, eat something that gives you diarrhea, get those, you know, smooth muscles moving. So I did have it leading up. I definitely had increased loose bowel movements leading up to giving birth, but it wasn't something that was like, oh, you're going to labor. Like, like yeah. Right. But that's like a good sign though, that you're like, hey, if this is happening probably within the next couple yeah. of days, I might But be then I was really constipated like the day before, two days before I oh. actually had the baby. So it, it was, <laughs> and, and actually being constipated and in labor was really not fun. <laughs> I believe that. That's <laughs> not cool. That's not fun. And for me, at least with this delivery, uh, with this baby, I didn't have that, but okay. You guys we're getting personal. I mean, we're talking about all of this, so I'm going to, I'm going to share. I do not, I'm not like a regular person. I don't go number two every day. Like that's just not me. I go like every three days, like three, maybe four. If you take me, I know, isn't that awful? Um, but if you take me like on a cruise, I won't go the whole time. My body knows it's toilet. Like it's just the way my body is and it's awful. So with this delivery, (laughs) I did not, I, I, it was like a couple of days, but the day before and the day of I had loose stool. It wasn't diarrhea, but I was like, oh, okay, wow. So yeah, the morning of, because when I went into labor, it was in the morning, right before I started feeling contractions, I had a loose stool. So definitely it is a sign of your body like, hey, it's clearing out something may be happening. So that's something to be on the lookout for. Okay. What's our next thing, Mary Alice? Well, this was a note I made just about being confused about whether you're really in labor. And I think that's usually like, (laughs) I mean, I do, in some ways it's more of a first time mom thing because you're like, am I, am I not? I've never felt this before. But I also know, I mean, professionally I've worked with so many repeat moms who are like, I, I might be, I might not be. And just because they're having more contraction, like more not labor contractions because it's subsequent pregnancies. So I just think that's something to throw in there about what to expect is expect to be a little confused. Yeah. And that's totally normal. Yeah. Like, is this going to happen? Is it going to stop? Cause some people experience like prodromal labor where it starts and stops. And then they're yeah. like, Oh, that is such a tease. Right. And that's kind of how I felt like leading up to, I was having a lot of contractions and I was like, is this it? Is this not it? like in the middle of the night, they would like wake me up and I was just confused. But then again, (laughs) once I really was in labor, I was like, there's no way I ever would have been really confused about what real labor feels like. But I didn't know that at the time. (laughs) Of course. But I will say, just like you said, as a second time mom, when I felt them, also, because I go to births, I'm the type of person that's like, I don't want to call someone too early and waste their time. So I'm like, I don't want, I feel things, but I don't want to cry wolf right now if I don't really need them right now. So I was like, it might be it. It might not. I feel like this could be it, but I don't want to jump the gun just in case it really isn't. So I tend to overthink that. I also feel like maybe because that was happening to you in the morning and your last birth was like in the middle of the night and you were like, maybe this isn't real. I don't know. Yes. I don't know if that's true, but to me, no, I think yeah. I would have felt like that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, "This is during the day. Yeah. What? No, this, this doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> this is way too convenient for my husband. Like, not not gonna happen. So yeah, for sure. So yeah, 
I like that you added that point, Miraz, because it's so true. I feel like whether you're a first or second time or third or fourth, you know what to expect if it's the second time, but you're like, well, but is it going to happen like right now? I know it's like I'm feeling things, but how long is it going to and take? Maybe because you if also, your first one took right. a long time. That's what I was going to say. You might also expect it to be like your last one and it could be totally different and that can be confusing. Exactly. Exactly. What about? Okay. Another thing, yeah, what about thing that I show? experienced, bloody show. Okay, y'all. Part of my little birth story is actually I, so another kind of weird thing about me when I'm pregnant is I only woke up once, maybe twice in the middle of the night to go pee. I never really had to wake up frequently. <laughs> Which Mary Alice is like, that's not cool. I was waking up like, it was really good training for my baby. That's all I'll have to say. <laughs> she was waking up probably four or five times. Bless your heart. I, 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 yeah, no. But for me, I only woke up once, maybe twice. And twice was like the last two weeks of my, my pregnancy. So the night before, Actually, the day before, I was doing all the things to try and induce myself, induce myself. And but so that night, I went to the bathroom four times, which I thought was like, wow, I have to wake. I'm waking up to to go pee. This is really unusual. But I don't turn the lights on. I just get up, stumble, go pee, and then go back to bed. So when my husband woke up in the morning, and I woke up, one, I was really depressed that I wasn't in labor. But he came out of the bathroom and he goes, babe, there's some like blood droplets on the toilet seat. Like, are you okay? And I was like, oh, awesome. I guess I'm dilating. That's great. Okay. I'll check it out in a little bit. And so when I went to the bathroom, sure enough, there was like three droplets of blood on our toilet seat. And then I was like, okay, well, I'll go to the bathroom. And I wiped. And there was like a good amount of bloody show and mucus. And that's something that is really important for us to talk about because I feel like when women see blood and they're pregnant, it's it's like, oh, something's wrong. Something's bad. Like I shouldn't be bleeding. But at the end of your pregnancy, when you're expecting to deliver, blood is not a bad thing when it's accompanied with mucus. mucus It means that- Yeah, a mucusy blood, yes, because that means that your cervix is dilating and effacing. So since there's all these capillaries inside of your cervix, when they open, they break, and that causes it to bleed. So these are good signs that your body is doing something to go into labor. So bloody show, some people experience it, and some people don't. I've had some women who are in labor. And it's, I actually remember this one specific woman, Mary Alice, that it was her second baby. She was laboring and she was making some great like labor sounds. She went to the bathroom and I said, Hey, do you have bloody show? And she said, no. And I was like, Oh, in my gut, I feel like something's happening. Like these are really good sounds and they were frequent and all that. So I made her like, Hey, let's go to the hospital. She went to the hospital. She was complete. And we had zero bloody show. So I didn't have any bloody show. Yeah. I had maybe at the very end. I remember because when I, well, I'll tell my birth story in a minute. But when I got, when I like had cervical checks, I was always like, is there bloody show? My midwife was like. And you didn't have any? No. She was like, but you don't, you don't, you, I wouldn't think you would. Your cervix is really thin. And I was like, no, I should still have bloody show. And I never, I like felt really strongly that I should. And then I think at the very end, when I was like nine, like the very, very end, I ended up having a little bit. She was like, oh, look. And she like pointed it out. She was like, do you feel better? You had some bloody show. But it was like very little. It was not what I was 
expecting. And I kept like looking for it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) See, and that fascinates me. Every, and that goes to show like everybody is different. And so some people will experience this. Some people won't. I had bloody show with Liam. So I was pretty certain that I would have it again with Lily, my second baby. So yeah, that was a big sign for me. Like, oh, wow, this is a substantial amount of bloody show. I should let my midwife know. So that's the other thing. And with Bloody Show, hopefully you'll be experiencing some contractions. So Mary Alice, tell us about this. Contractions. Contractions. Well, like I said, I had a lot of like Braxton Hicks slash contractions, but I actually ended up being induced. And so I didn't really feel like real labor contractions until I was like, like I didn't have any of the like oh, contractions, they are like spread apart and then they get closer together and la la la. No, I didn't. No. Didn't experience any of that. Um, (laughs) Jumped right into the deep end. I like cannonballed (laughs) into labor. So yeah. (laughs) But typically, I mean, and I don't even want to say typically because you're right. Some people, their water will break and zero contractions will start. And then some people, they will go from like zero to 60, like, oh my gosh, like precipitous births. And then some people will, which that is rare though, precipitous births. But typically most women experience like some cramping. They're wondering if they're Braxton Hicks, they're kind of confused. And then it will become like a pattern. They'll get stronger. And over time, it's just, you know, you can't ignore it. You can't talk through them. You can't, you have to focus on your breathing and they're longer, stronger, closer together. And that's when you start timing them. So Mamas, if you're pregnant, I highly recommend downloading a contraction timer app so you can just quickly press the button or have your partner press the button to time your contractions because you'll want to see how long are they lasting and how far apart are they. So then you can determine when you need to go to the hospital or when you need to call your midwife, et cetera, and do a screenshot so you can share that information with maybe your doula or whomever. One thing that surprised me is how contractions felt. Like I was, they felt different than I thought they were going to feel. Like, what did you think they were going to feel like? I thought that it was going to be like more cervical pain. Like, I don't know. So I've had an IUD inserted and like, I remember feeling like, oh, like that's like cervical pain or even like that, like cervical pain when like the baby's moving down in your third trimester and you feel that like cervical lightning or like that, like, like vaginal pressure, like. I thought it would feel, because I'm thinking like, yeah, your uterus is contracting, but like your cervix is dilating. So like, that must be what hurts. Like, I don't know. Like it's the whole thing, the whole uterus. But it wasn't even (laughs) like, I, for me, I felt like the term like pressure waves that they use in hypno babies, like that to me, they were like pressure waves that hurt like freaking the Dickens, but like, <laughs> like it was just so much pressure. And I like that, I don't know why that really surprised me. Like I didn't, I almost felt like my pelvis was like heavy and like pulling apart. Like I didn't feel like crampy. I don't know. It yeah. just felt really different. Where did you fear that, feel that pressure? Did you feel it in the front? I felt in it your in back, the front like... and the back. And like, just, I felt like there was like a bowling ball in my pelvis. And basically there was, and, um, but like, that's what it <laughs> felt like. Like someone, like, I felt like my pelvis was like spreading apart and like, just so heavy, like, and in a way that really hurt. <laughs> like heavy yeah. doesn't sound yeah. like it hurts, but to me, it really hurts. <laughs> 
really hurt. <laughs> well, Pitocin, yes. I mean, round of applause for Mary Alice because Pitocin is no joke, y'all. Inductions, which that's a whole other podcast in and of itself too. But I salute the women who have to go through uh, inductions because that is like a whole other level. So yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, I've just only experienced my personal body's uh, contractions. I couldn't imagine like an outside source pumping into my body saying like, you should contract. I'm not sure that like the contractions are actually harder. I think it's what makes it so hard is that there's no break between them. Like it's like they... I know. Yeah. They just like don't end. <laughs> um, and that is horrible. Yeah. You need yeah, a break. I, I don't need recommend to break. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and for me, contractions, what did they feel like? They felt like, so in the beginning, I first felt just like crampy. I remember just laying down and being like, Ooh, I just, you know, it felt like I ate something that just kind of irritated my tummy. And so I felt crampy. And then all of a sudden they started, the cramps started coming like in a wave, like in a pattern. And then they started getting stronger. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think this is, I think I'm going into labor. This is crazy. And so then they just started getting stronger. And, but they immediately for me, and this happened with my first delivery too, they already, they started four or five minutes apart. There was no like, oh, you know, they're 10 minutes apart, really light. And then they're eight, then they're seven. Then no, no, no. Mine goes straight to like what some people would say is active labor. Yeah. So when I started timing them, I was like, oh, they're four or five minutes apart and 45 seconds long. That's, that's cool. And it just felt like, like I said, like a cramp, like, a, and then they felt like, a cramp like I ate something wrong and then a cramp like a menstrual cramp and then a lot of and then kind of like like really bad gas pain like that's what it felt like like when you have major gas pain like that and then it's to a point where it's just really uncomfortable <laughs> past that really really intense <laughs> and you can yeah and to a point where you can't like talk through it. You have to like really, for me, I close my eyes, I breathe and I focus on relaxing my jaw and just ignoring everything around me. So yeah, contractions, they should be coming. That's a huge sign of, you know, labor is here. Let's get this party started. And I didn't expect, I'm very grateful. My babies have been, they listened. They did not get into um, a sunny side up occiput posterior OP position. So I personally, for both of my deliveries, did not experience back labor. But for Mary Alice, you said that it was just so intense. You my felt it kind of everywhere. really hurt. Um, my, the back of like my sacrum really, really hurt, but she was definitely not posterior. And I was worried that she was, and I kept asking to be checked because I was like, this hurts so badly. She must be posterior. <laughs> I think that's the Pitocin talking. <laughs> They're like, nope, she's perfect. You're doing well, I great. I also think I was constipated and like that also, and maybe not, maybe so it didn't make a difference, but it felt like it did. Like, I just really felt like I was like, I think I would feel better if I just pooped. And everyone was like, I think you would feel better if you just had a baby. <laughs> In my head, I was like, this would have been easier if I hadn't (laughs) needed to poop the whole time. (laughs) Oh, probably, but no, I agree with them. (laughs) 
Oh man, Maras. So uh, with Liam, you remember I got, got really, really nauseous. nauseous. Yeah. Did you get nauseous during your? I labor? thought that I was going to because I had gotten nauseous. Like so, the night before my water broke, I. Um, we were watching TV and like all of a sudden I got really nauseous and I like went into the bathroom and I like, like dry heaved and I hadn't thrown up for like weeks. And I was like, that was so weird. And then it went away. And so then like when I, my water broke in the middle of the night and I'll tell you all that story later. But like when I was in labor, I was like, I kept saying like, I'm probably going to get nauseous because I was nauseous like the night before. And I was so nauseous in my pregnancy. But I really, I think like at one point I felt kind of icky and I like smelled some peppermint, but I didn't get, I didn't get nauseous in the way that like some people do where they like really throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of nice. Yeah. I think it's just when and this is maybe just my theory. When it happens so fast, because Mary Alice had a, pr- I mean, a really fast labor, especially for a first time mom. And then for me, the second time, I didn't feel any nausea with this one, but it was a really fast delivery. I just think that your body skips that mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, let's just, let's just have this baby. But with my first one, I labored for a good five hours from feeling my first contraction to, you know, starting to push. It was uh, uh, five hours. And I for sure felt nauseous. I mean, you guys had to pull out the peppermint and were like fanning me down because I just, I was, I was getting hot and cold. It was just, it was weird, which that's another thing. You can go from like burning hot to freezing cold and it makes absolutely no sense. That definitely happened to me. Yeah. That's weird. Isn't it weird? Yeah. I'm like remembering that. I kind of forgot about the hot and cold thing, but I had like a sweater and I like took it off and put it on a couple times before I got in the water. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just remember, I remember that. And you guys giving me like a cold washcloth to put like on my head, around my neck, fanning me, and then putting some peppermint oil on a washcloth so I could smell it, but also putting it in a bowl so that I just had the bowl in my face (laughs) smelling the peppermint oil. And I it typically, I feel like those, uh, some people just feel nauseous the whole way through and are vomiting the whole way through. I feel like a lot of clients that I've worked with, they get nauseous when they're entering like a new stage of labor, yeah. like when they're entering into active labor, when they're entering into transition, like when their baby is engaged, like about to start pushing, that's when those feelings of nausea really kick in. And that's when we really recommend peppermint oil is a great thing that can, that can help with that. But I didn't experience it with this second one, which I'm grateful because, uh, you're already yeah, no one needs that. Uh, you're already in pain. You don't need to add <laughs> exactly. Like, this is like nice. I'm remembering this one client you had, and she. I remember talking about her births with you, and you were like, "She just throws up her whole labor. Like that's just what she does. The whole labor. <laughs> she just that's how she labors. She just throws up all the time." Which is just, oh, it's, I feel bad because yeah. like there's only so much you can do. <laughs> Other th- and then I'm like, okay, drink water because you're going to be dehydrated and we don't need that. So yeah, so nausea, ladies, that's another thing. And then the hot and cold thing that we discussed, that's another thing that you can potentially expect in uh, labor and delivery. Did you have any vaginal checks this time? I had one. Uh, and it was when, so when Nancy, my midwife, just got there, she was just like, hey, let's see where you're at. And where were you at? I was seven centimeters. <laughs> I was seven centimeters and 80% effaced. And then I was like, I'm getting in the tub now, yep. now that you've said I'm seven centimeters. <laughs> cool. I had one, two, three, four, five. I kept asking to be checked. 
Right? I was uh, like, this is awful. I, like, I, yeah. see if I can push. <laughs> because I was kind of playing like, yeah, I was like, can I push or should I get an epidural? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was playing a lot of mind games with myself. Like, <laughs> I had a lot of checks, but it was all me. It wasn't my midwife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Because I will say, yeah, for for y'all listening, typically, I mean, the most someone will check you is like once an hour because they they're hoping that, okay, you'll be you'll change one centimeter per hour. That's kind of like and also if your water breaks, which mine was broken. Generally, you (laughs) want to avoid a bunch of vaginal checks. Yeah, I I obviously didn't care because it increases the likelihood of infection the more you're checked. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like the reason why you also felt comfortable getting checked more frequently is you were progressing so quickly. So it's not like yeah, I you was were either progressing quickly two or centimeters. I was getting an epidural. <laughs> and it wasn't like you were two centimeters every single no, time no, they no, checked no, no. you. Yeah. Right. So, so that's something if, if you get checked and you keep hearing the same number, hold yeah, off the next awful. time, because that's just playing, that's just hard for you to hear that you're doing all of this hard work with an epidural or not an epidural. Yeah. Your body's doing all of this hard work and it's just playing mind games with you if you just keep hearing that same number. So wait as long as you possibly can. So then you get, you're proud of yourself. Like, okay, awesome. I, my body has made some, some progress so we can uh, keep this keep this going. But but and that sort of like for me was combined with this next thing on our list, the urge to push is I also kept getting checked because I felt an urge to push. I was only seven centimeters when I first felt the urge to push. And so I was and I had been like four just before that. So I was like, I cannot be four centimeters and feeling the urge to push. (laughs) Like this can't be like, and I I, I guess I wouldn't say I was feeling the urge. I was feeling like pushy. Like I was having like some contractions where I was bearing down and I was like, my body's broken. Like I I'm four centimeters. Like what, what do I do? I was so confused. So that's one reason why I got checked, why I wanted to be checked. Cause I was like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> um, so yeah, the urge to push is definitely real, especially if you don't have, if you do have an epidural, usually you don't feel any, some people still feel an urge to push, but not until the baby's like really low and engaged and they just feel this like constant pressure. But if you, yeah, like they have to yes. poop, but if you don't, um, have an epidural, then often you'll kind of feel that you're laboring and all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, and yep. <laughs> just, I, I wish y'all could see my face. Uh, um, <laughs> and so I think, yes, the urge to push was definitely real for me. Um, but some people don't feel really feel an urge to push. Like me. <laughs> With my first baby. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. I didn't know. But this one, did you? This one? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But with Liam, I remember uh, you and Nancy checking me. She was like, oh, yeah, you're like, you just have a cervical lip. You can push right through this. And I was like thinking to myself, I do not feel at all any urge to push whatsoever. And then I started pushing and you guys were like, oh, wow, that was a great one. And then we waited for the next contraction and then I started pushing and you're like, oh yeah, no, this isn't a great push. And then it just wasn't a great push for like three hours. <laughs> well, he was also in a funky position and I wonder if that has yeah. something to do with it. Yeah. So I didn't feel the urge to push with my first one, but with my second one, oh man, I will tell you the whole birth story in a bit. But 
my body just was like, oh, she's coming. (laughs) Like she's coming now, whether you try or not, here she comes. So it is, it's like an ejection, like a real, real urge to push. And I highly recommend waiting until feeling that urge to push. Cause for me, I was like, you know what? That was part of my birth plan this time that even if I was 10 centimeters, I didn't want to push just because I was 10 centimeters because I was like, you know what? I know that I can handle labor. I know that I'm good at handling labor and I could have continued that, but pushing for that long was just awful. It was awful for me. So I was like, the next time, if I don't feel the urge to push, I will wait and I will continue laboring until I feel that urge to push because that was, it's just not fun. I was the opposite. I did not like labor. Not that you liked laboring, but I was, I did not feel like I could handle laboring. And when I was pushing, I did not like pushing either. And I remember having this thought being like, well, okay, I really hate labor. So once it's time to push, it's going to be better because like you either like hate labor, or you hate pushing. No, 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 no. I hated both. Um, <laughs> but pushing at least I felt like I could do something and that like, like I could like, like it hurt, but at least I was like doing something. Whereas like when I couldn't push and I tried for, because I told you I was feeling an urge to push kind of before was actually complete. And so for a little bit, I was trying, like actively trying not to push. And I was like, nope, this sucks. Let's go back to the pushing prematurely situation. That was better. (laughs) So I, it did feel like, and people say it feels productive. For me, it didn't feel, it took me a while to get the hang of it. So it didn't really feel productive until it started feeling, until I really started making, like bringing her down with my pushes. Yeah. 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 Pushing is hard too. (laughs) Pushing is hard. Yeah. I was like, nope, don't like pushing. But I will say you want to avoid like the purple yeah, pushing. Yeah. You don't want to be pushing like that. So really y'all. And what is purple pushing? Purple pushing is when you're holding your breath and you're, you're grabbing behind your legs or where, whatever position you're, you're in. And you are just bearing down and holding that breath to the point where it's just blocking all that blood into your face and you turn red and purple almost. I will say I tried that. It didn't work for me. No, no, it's awful. And that's how you can tear more. That's, it's not effective pushing. It doesn't help bring the baby down. So I am all about wait until you feel the urge to push. Even if you have an epidural, wait until you feel that pressure that like, oh man, I have to poop kind of feeling. Wait until you feel that, that baby is low, 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 like station, like plus one, plus two, if you have an epidural. So then that way you push less, your baby will not be so affected by it. Because if you push for a long time, your baby will get tired. Your baby's heart tones will fluctuate. And that's something that we want to avoid. So yes, the urge to push is definitely real. And we talked about pushing. So pushing and avoid the purple pushing. I with with Liam, I definitely was purple pushing at one point because it was like, Nina, it's now or never. Get this kid out or you're going to the hospital. Um, so, but I was pushing. I felt like I was trying to push like my stomach out of my butthole. That's like literally, I was like, I am trying to push everything out of my body right now. Like y'all, I'm really trying. But with my daughter, oh man, like I just... Yep. She just came on out. I didn't really have to, I just pushed and, and she was coming. I, yeah. So that was so relieving for, and that's also a big, like first baby, second baby, like first babies, you usually have to push a lot harder than you do with your second baby. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. That first one has to pave the way for sure. <laughs> so for you, what do you want to say about pushing to our, our listeners, Mary Alice? Like what should they be thinking about and keep in mind when they start pushing? Gravity. Use gravity to your advantage. That's something. Yeah, definitely. I think too, if you, especially if you don't have an epidural, I think for me, what helped the most was like finding the position that I could push in. Like there was, and I said this several times, but like I had an unmedicated birth in a hospital. And I think the only reason I was able to do that successfully is because my midwife really protected my right and my ability to like be in whatever position I needed to be. And I know that like, even if I had been with another midwife or with a, like, you know, there, I think there are some people who wouldn't have let me do some of the things I was basically like falling off the bed at one point and no one was like, you need to move. Like, and like, I don't (laughs) think I could, like I could, once I found the way that I could push, like that was how the, I knew I was like, this is how the baby's coming out. Like this is, and I was sort of like on my knees and then I would lean back and like, like into a squat and put my hands on the bed and then like lean back forward onto my knees in between pushes. And I know that I was really close to the edge of the bed. I know that it was like, they couldn't pick up hard tones and I was making the nurse nervous, but like Mary, my midwife really protected my ability to do that. And I knew once I got into that position and once I could really feel her coming down, I was like, this is the only way this baby is being born. Like I am not, (laughs) if I have to move, I'm not going to be able to do this. Like that, that was like the way that I figured out how to do it. And I couldn't, like I had tried my side, I had tried my back. I had tried like all these different on my hands and knees, like I had tried those things and I was trying them without anyone urging me to. Like, I just was like flipping over. I was like, I need to move. Like, I need to figure this out. And so I feel like really listening to your body and trying, like, I don't know. I feel like once I knew that it was working, that's when I really started working is I was like, okay, I'm in a position and this feels good. Okay. Good is not the right word. This feels productive. And I'm. (laughs) this is how this is going to happen. And I love how you shared that though, Mary Alice, because I, I, you said you were being productive and proactive like yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you weren't waiting for someone to be like, okay, let's try your side. Let's try this. So listeners, like if something doesn't feel like it's working, like get up and move and do something else because you have that right. Because it's so true. Like if it's not working right there, it's probably not going to happen like that. Yeah. And I didn't care how, whether I was like inconveniencing (laughs) people, (laughs) like I didn't, which you shouldn't, shouldn't. (laughs) but I think sometimes in the hospital, especially you feel like, oh, well, I need to do it this certain way. And I think like, because I'd been to so many hospital births and I knew that Mary was there and Mary was going to let me do what I wanted. I was like, I didn't care that the nurse like wasn't comfortable with what I was doing, but I was like not going to wait. And I wasn't going to just like stay some in a position because that was like where they could, what was convenient. Like I was, no, I just needed to do what I needed to do. And that was the only way I was going to get through it. No, I love that. I love that. That's so helpful. So helpful. Okay. This next one is really funny to me. The ring of fire. Did you feel it? Yes. (laughs) I definitely (laughs) felt the ring of fire. And I reached down. I was like, this is the ring of fire. And I I wish y'all could see my hands right now. I literally could only feel like a quarter size of the baby's head. And I felt like I was like stretched to the max. (laughs) I was like, she's coming. (laughs) And I reached down and I just felt this like little sliver of a baby head. And I was like, you have got to be freaking kidding me. (laughs) And that's when I had this thought. I was like, 
I was like, I am on a train that I cannot get off of. I was like, no one is going to give me an epidural right now (laughs) because like, obviously the baby's head is right there, but also like, I can't, I'm stretched to the max. There's no way I'm getting the rest of this baby head's going to fit out of me. This is the ring of fire. (laughs) Oh, but obviously she came out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how was the rest of it then I don't remember <laughs> I just remember this is the ring of fire and I remember <laughs> saying that and and everyone and Mary was like you can do it like you're doing it and I was like no and it's done like this it must be done that's awesome I love that story <laughs> that's so great because I with with my first one with Liam I think it was when he finally was making his way down, I, there was just so much, you guys were like, yes, yes, Nina, keep doing that. Keep doing that. There was so much adrenaline because you guys had called the ambulance. And if I didn't get him out then, like I was in PMS was there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I just had so much, I think adrenaline that I didn't even feel the ring of fire. I was just like, finally, he's coming down. He's coming out. And I just, I do remember like feeling a big, like, whoa, like a big release and something when he, when his shoulders went through, but when his head was coming out, I just was like, finally get him out. Yes. I'm not going to have to go anywhere. (laughs) So, but with this one, no, I felt that ring of fire girl. (laughs) I was like, Oh wow. That is, that is intense. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) And, and I just remember telling myself, okay, Nina, experience a little bit of pain right now for to avoid experiencing a lot of pain later because if you allow your perineum to stretch and feel that ring of fire you will less be less likely to tear and i know that tearing then dealing with stitches and all of that whole recovery is a much longer pain period and so i was just like ooh breathe through it whoa that is a lot and then she, but she was out. So yeah, I, I remember that ring of fire and I just remember Nancy's feeling Nancy's palm right there, just like supporting it and being like, yep. She's really good at that. Yeah. (laughs) She is. That's one of my favorite things about Nancy. (laughs) What about the placenta? So birthing the placenta. Birthing the placenta. I, I just feel like you are so elated when that baby gets out and you're like, I'm done. Oh, I did it. I did it. And then you're like, oh shit, I got one more thing to do. It's hard to push out for me. Yeah. This This is is not cool. (laughs) So with Liam, it kind of fell out, but it took an hour for it to fall out. And we got you up. Yeah. You had to get me up and on the toilet for it to come out. But with, with my second one, I had to actively push. And I remember being like, oh, this is like, I feel like I'm pushing out another baby. That's how I felt too. I was like, this isn't cool or fair. (laughs) This doesn't have bones. Why is this not moving into a manner that can easily come out? (laughs) And then when I felt it, like I could like feel it inside of me. Like, I don't like when it was like in the birth canal, it was like in my vagina, like after, you know, I could like feel it right there. But I was like, why isn't it coming out? Like it wasn't like helping me. The baby like wants to come out. The placenta like doesn't like, it's like, it doesn't like do anything. It's like dead weight. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was really hard. I also had the shakes really, really, really badly after, after she was born, I was like shaking like crazy. So it was hard for me to like, I felt really 
uncoordinated, like just had a really hard time, like getting coordinating myself to deliver the placenta. Yeah. I just remember that being like, this is not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Which I will say you guys, yes, the shakes, very common. Hormones are are happening, especially if you have an IV, um, that water going into um, your veins, it could be like a colder temperature. And so that can cause you to get the shakes. And it's just, yeah, the shakes are extremely common, but I think the shakes, at least in labor, I'm like, this is a good thing. It's, you know, showing that your body's changing, but afterwards, that's just, yeah, I didn't have them in labor. It was just after, after, ugh, yeah. But yes, and another thing I do want to say that for epidural moms, itching. Mm-hmm. Itching is another common side effect that you can experience. So I'll have people being like, oh, like my face, my nose, my my breasts, all itch. It's obviously you're not feeling the itch below your breasts down because it's dead weight, hopefully, by then with your epidural. But you'll be feeling like your your chest and your face, your arms itchy. So that's a, a common thing. So I don't want you to think something's wrong if you feel that. Okay. So we said the placenta. And now when you release that placenta and you have that cute little bundle of joy, the next not so fun thing that your nurse or your midwife will do is massage your fundus. Yeah. And Marielle, talk to us. <laughs> My about nurse this. was like, I'm a bodybuilder. I'm kind of, she was like, I'm kind of aggressive oh. with this. And I was like, yes, you are. You are very aggressive with this. That's awful. Oh my God. <laughs> I also think in the hospital, I, I mean, this is maybe this, maybe when I, I mean, obviously I'm a midwife, I've massaged lots of funduses. I know it is really uncomfortable for people, but I feel like this was a little aggressive. And I also feel like sometimes nurses in the hospital are so used to moms who have epidurals and like can't feel it that they're like sort of overly aggressive. Maybe I'm just sensitive because I thought it really hurt, but. No, it does hurt. I know people who are listening, it is not. Yeah comfortable. I mean, it, 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 they're putting their whole fist into your stomach and doing circular um, movements into your stomach to get your your uterus to completely like clamp down and stop the bleeding. Yeah. And then my nurse kept being like, just, you need to relax. Like, I can't do this unless you relax. And I was like, I literally cannot do that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have that in me. <laughs> And I love how she says that, like, you know, like you didn't just birth a baby with Pitocin and no epidural. (laughs) Like, okay, lady. <laughs> yeah, with I I don't I mean I remember you massaging my fundus after Liam and I remember it being like, yeah, that's not fun. But I remember it more with this one because I think it's because it's also your second baby, the after contractions, which yes, you guys, there are and that's going to be our next point. You do have contractions after you have the baby. It was way more intense than after my my first baby. And so when Lisa was massaging my fundus, it was like, oh wow, this was this is more intense than I remember with my first baby. So, but it's a very important thing to do. Um, it's something that your nurse will do a couple of times to make sure that your bleeding is good, that your uterus is getting firm. So it's it's definitely important, but it's something that we thought we need to warn you. <laughs> talk about I had a lot I had a lot of contractions afterwards but I wondered if it was because I I was on a Pitocin drip for a long time because I had a little woozy moment when I tried to go to the bathroom (laughs) I mean I like not just a woozy moment I got real close to passing out on the toilet 
And I think it might have been that the toilet is really far away. Have you been like yeah. at the Texas at Texas Children's? Those rooms are really big, and I I insisted on getting up and going to the bathroom. I was like, I I can do it. I'm fine. I feel great. And, and then I. As I was getting to the toilet, I was like, okay, we're too far from the bed. We're closer to the toilet, so I should just go to the toilet. And then I got really nauseous. And but so they kept me on Pitocin for a long time because they didn't want me to bleed too much because I had almost passed out. And so part of me wonders if my afterbirth contractions were, I don't really know, were more In a, because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. I would definitely think so. I would think so too, but I'm not sure there's any evidence. Of yeah. That. Yeah. Cause I was going to say with my first one, I think also like my, just my endorphins and like my, yeah, I, my oxytocin was just through the roof because I was like so happy that I was I done. I did not <laughs> have that feeling. I kept being like, where's my endorphin rush? <laughs> I did, I mean, I was so glad she was born, but I was also like, oh my God, that was so hard. That's, I like could not stop saying that. I was like, that was so hard. <laughs> That was literally the first thing I said after I gave birth to Liam. You guys put him on my chest. And I remember, I mean, I I actually just watched uh, my birth video of uh-huh. Liam. I don't have my birth video yet of Lily. And you say, Nina, talk to him. Talk to your baby. And I was like, oh, Liam, thank God you're here. That was the freaking hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> that was literally the first thing I said. So that's not surprising that you were like over and over thinking that. I was like, that hurts so badly. But you know what? With us saying all of this to all of our listeners, I will say I would, obviously I did it again. Like I chose to have that birth again because I felt so great afterwards. Like my recovery was so fast. You know, I I didn't have to worry about stitches. I didn't have to worry about so many other things. And I, I just felt so good and myself and and happy. So even though it was really intense for a short period of time, because that's what we tell all of our clients, like this is temporary. Labor is temporary. You will not experience this forever. I know it feels like forever in these moments, but this will end eventually. And when it does end, you're... For me, I was like, well, I didn't have to experience all these other potential interventions that could have prolonged, like, you know, feeling like crap or feeling in pain or bringing on depression or whatever. So I was like, it's for me, totally 100% worth it. How do you feel about it, Mary? I had a different takeaway, but I'll tell it at the end of my story. I'll tell it when I Perfect. Okay. I appreciate that. Okay. And, and so I did say another thing, stitches. So I got to avoid stitches, um, with both of my deliveries. Um, Mary Alice was there. stitched you up the first time. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say, I know that you guys were saying, you know, we could probably stitch you up, but if you just keep your legs closed and together, like getting off the bed, bring them together, never separate them (laughs) for two weeks, you should be fine. So I'm glad that I got to avoid it, even though you said, "Mm, we probably could have given you a stitch or two. But this time I tore a little bit in the same place, but it was, she said, like very, very, very minor that it definitely did not need it. So I was grateful to avoid that. Talk to us about stitches, Mary Alice. I definitely had stitches. I had a second degree tear. And when I was pushing in a squat, I was like, "Mm, someone's going to tear and her name is Mary Alice. (laughs) And I did not care. (laughs) because that was the only way I knew I was going to be able to push her out. Like, like I said before, that was, I felt so productive. I was like, I don't care. I'm going to tear, like, I just need this baby out. And this is the only way I think I can do it. And so I knew that I had torn and I didn't honestly didn't tear as badly as I thought I was going to just based on like, 
I, my mom tore horribly and like based on her anatomy, like our anatomy, I kind of thought like, oh, I'll probably, I don't know why, like had in my head that I was going to tear really badly. So I was actually pretty pleased (laughs) with a second degree tear. I was like, great. And the stitches for me, I think what was hard is like, I got lidocaine and the lidocaine really helped, but it can be very, it can be difficult to numb the like skin part sometimes. Like it's easier to numb the like deeper tissues. And um, there were like little pokes that I was like, this really sucks. And I just gave birth, but I didn't, I I didn't really want to feel getting stitched up, but it wasn't horrible. It wasn't horrible in any way. And it was like, oh, well, we could give you some more lidocaine. And I was, but we would have to like go get it. And, and I was like, no, 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 just, it just get it, get done. it done. And so, yeah. And then recovering from the stitches, honestly, like wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. That's good. No, I just used my peri bottle and like, and then I had the like freedom mom, like foam. It's basically like foaming foaming witch hazel and felt great. And it, I mean, it was fine. I, yeah, it was, it is, it is what it is, but there was nothing like it just, sometimes you got to get stitches. Yeah. And, and I will say that that's common, you guys, like it's, it's actually less common to not need stitches. Most Oh yeah. So with, with that, that I, I just want you guys to know that it's very common, especially a second degree tear is very common. But uh, of course we would like to avoid third and fourth degree tears because those can have like long-term issues. So, so yeah. So that's why I'm also like, listen to your body. If a certain position isn't going to get your baby out or you feel like it's just not right, move, do something else. Yeah, because prolonged pushing can cause um, swelling, and when you swell, you're more likely to tear. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Okay. So I want to hear it, Mary Alice. I want to hear your birth story because this is your first baby, and this (laughs) – and. It's important for women to hear other women's stories, not war stories, (laughs) not like, oh, you know, uh, all the bad things that people say, uh, you know, about birth. I feel like we hear those all the time. And I know that yours was hard, but I know that it was also empowering. So I'd love to hear your story if you're willing to share. Yeah. Prompt me if you feel like I'm forgetting something or if you have any questions. Okay. Okay. Let me try and remember. So it was three (laughs) months ago now. (laughs) So I... My water broke in the middle of the night, which I was expecting based on my mom's history and my grandmother's history, my maternal grandmother. She had five kids and supposedly her water broke first with every single one of them. My mom's water broke first with both of um, me and my brother. And my with me, my her water broke and she was sent home from, she went to the hospital in labor and they were like, oh, go home and wait till your you know, labor starts. And like 36 hours later, she was in labor. And then with my brother, protocols had changed by then and they induced her after her water broke and she wasn't in labor. So I was also GBS positive. And so I knew that if my water broke and I wasn't in labor, then we had made a plan with my midwife that we were going to meet at the hospital and within six hours of my water breaking. And then, and I think, or maybe within four, I think within four hours of my water breaking, we were going to meet at the hospital and we would start um, antibiotics for GBS and sort of make a plan about what to do from there. So my water broke at 12.30 a.m. I was 39 weeks, five days um, that morning. And like I had said, I had had lots of sort of like faults. I thought I was in labor and then I wasn't. But in retrospect, 
yeah, I shouldn't probably shouldn't have thought I was in labor. That was definitely not labor. But I kept thinking like, and I guess from my experience going to all these births, I knew that with first time moms, usually it starts really slow and it gets closer together. And it doesn't usually like stop and start, stop and start as much with a first time mom. And so I kept thinking like, this is it. This is the beginning. It's going to go from here. And it never did. So after my water broke, I I remember I, my husband tells this story because I went in, I got up to go to the bathroom and we have like a step down from our bathroom. We live in an old house and all the pipes are under this step. And when I stepped down, I felt like, oh my gosh, my underwear is wet. And I literally just peed. So I know I didn't pee myself. And I turned the lights on like Nina. I don't usually turn the, you know, I wasn't turning the lights on there. So just sort of stumbling to the bathroom. I was like, yep, my underwear is all wet. So I went into the nursery and I had some Depends and I put one on and the fluid was clear. And I got my Doppler because I'm a midwife. And of course I had to, needed to listen to the baby's heartbeat. (laughs) And so I go in and I, my husband was asleep and I was like, so my water broke. (laughs) and he always it's become like a meme now he'll be like saying something really serious and he'll be like my water broke like nbd (laughs) and he said that when i told him that his he like woke up and he his first thought was like am i gonna have to get out of bed (laughs) um and so i called my midwife i listened to the baby's heartbeat we made a plan to meet at the hospital at 3 a.m we ordered a sandwich on uber eats because i was like i need to eat like this could take a really long time I hooked up to the, I took a shower. I drank some tea. Speaking of the shakes, I have the shakes really badly, but I'm positive that it was adrenaline. Like I was just so like, oh my God, this is happening. Like, holy guacamole, this is actually happening. Like my water broke. There's literally no going back. Like I can't like unmake it break. Like (laughs) I I can't like make it be intact again. And I was like gushing fluid every time I moved. So I knew I was positive it was broken. And it had like a pinkish tinge, like, like I had, so I could tell like my cervix is at least like open a little bit. Cause it was like, had a pinkish tinge. So we ate a sandwich. I hooked up to the breast pump. I had some contractions, but like nothing serious. And we went to the hospital and it was coronavirus. So there was like, it took us a long time to check in. Cause there was like a screening at the beginning. And when we came in, it was cute. Cause the like security ladies who were at the front have obviously like seen it all because they were like okay, well, why don't you just leave your car out front and leave your car out front because you don't know if you're going to be staying or not. Like you don't need to bring your bags in. I could tell they thought I was being like optimistic, like thinking I was in labor because I came in like smiling and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, my water's broken. I'm staying. Like we can move the car. Like they're not going to send me home. (laughs) But it was funny because they obviously have like seen a lot of people come and go. So we checked in, um, went to the triage room and my midwife met us there. She checked me and I was two centimeters and the baby was minus one. And that was around like maybe like four, like 3.30 or four. And we talked about an induction plan and she was really flexible. She was like, let's, we can get the antibiotics started and we can do whatever you want. We could hook you up to a hospital grade breast pump and see if things speed up. We can, you know, do, we talked about all the different options for induction. And I was like, you know what, let's just start the Pitocin as soon as we can, because she was like, you can nap. And and I was like, you know, I am not going to be able to sleep right now. I have so much adrenaline. Like I, I know that this, I know I'm going to have to do labor. And I feel like the longer I wait, the more this is going to like build up in my head. Like, and I also kept telling my husband, I was like, this could take 36 hours. Like this could take 24 hours. Like I kept like, I was like, you could be here a long time. I was like, you need to eat breakfast. Like I, I was 
I knew it could take a really long time, but my cervix was ripe. Like I was like 80 or 90% effaced, two centimeters. I, a cervical ripening agent wasn't really going to do anything. I just was like, no, no, no. We just need to have a Yeah, we just need <laughs> Anyway, I got to my room and around 6 a.m. I finally got a room and they started the antibiotics. And I didn't know this at the time, but Mary, my midwife, was like, let's start the... She told the nurse, like, we're going to start the antibiotics and get them going and like really try and... I think we did like one full bag of antibiotics before we started Pitocin because she thought it was going to go fast. And meanwhile, I'm sitting there being like, we'll probably have a baby tomorrow. Like I'm telling everyone, like, we're going to have a baby tomorrow. And I'm like, why haven't y'all started the Pitocin? Like, why are we waiting? And they and the nurse kept being like, well, like we're going to get the antibiotics in first. And I'm like, that's so stupid. I'm probably going to have like six bags of antibiotics by the time we get to the birth. Why are we even talking about this? And and Mary was like, oh, let's eat, like Aaron and I will eat breakfast. So she went to the cafeteria and she got some breakfast tacos and they came back and the, everyone was like laughing and telling stories. And I was eating a granola bar and all was jolly and fine. And then we started Pitocin around seven or seven thirty, and I was having them and I was like, oh, I'm having some contractions. They were probably like three minutes apart, but they weren't really, really strong. strong. Yeah. I was breathing through them, but nothing like intense. And around, this is where things get hazy with the timeline because things really started picking up probably around 8.30 and the baby was born at 11.30. And my timeline of what happened between then is really, really messed up because I thought that that took all day long. (laughs) And so I'm not even going to try and tell you times because I have no idea. And no one was like, I mean, I'm sure in my chart somewhere, like the real times are written down, but in my head, this was like, the baby was born at like 6 p.m. So when I realized it was it wasn't even lunchtime, I was shocked. <laughs> so I things really picked up and I was like, oh, I really want to sit on the toilet. So I labored on the toilet for a little bit and I liked that. And, I, and that's when I was like, I think this is getting real. And Mary was like, yep, I think you're really starting to actually be in labor now. And I was like, okay, this kind of sucks. And she was like, mm, yep, this sucks. <laughs> and then I came back to the bed and I was like, I really either want to labor on the toilet or I want to get in the water. But I felt like it was too soon to get in the water. So I was like, I want to get on the toilet, but the telemetry unit wasn't working and I needed to be hooked up to continuous fetal monitoring because I had Pitocin. And so we, she was like, okay, let me get the tech guys to come and look at the telemetry unit. I have no idea how long it took them to get there. And in my mind, it took like three hours. (laughs) Obviously, it did not take three hours. (laughs) But things really picked up between the time that the I asked for like the tech guys to come and the time the tech guys actually came and I was allowed to like go back to the bathroom. So in that time, I started laboring on the bed and my back was really hurting. And I didn't think I wanted to be massaged. But then once they started doing, someone just started doing counter pressure. And I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good stuff. That's the stuff. So then I really liked the back counter pressure. And finally I was like, I have to get in the water. Like I have to get in the water or else I'm getting an epidural. Like I am, and I didn't say that out loud. I never said the word, I didn't say epidural out loud to the end, but I was thinking about it the whole time. And (laughs) so I, I was like, I must get in the water because I cannot handle this. And by that point, it was like, it was like, as soon as one ended, another one started and they weren't as intense as they got later, but they really hurt at that point. I was like, Oh my God. And so I remember asking, because they kept, I don't know where I got this idea, but I kept calling them the little men. I was like, when are the little men coming 
to fix my telemetry unit. And then, and then when I heard someone walk in, I was like, is the little, are the little men here? <laughs> Which I never looked up. So I never saw the guy, but apparently he was like six, two and like really this like big burly dude. And he came in and he looked at the telemetry unit and he was like, that's not going to work. And they were like, yeah, no kidding. Like, can you please make it work? And he was like, those don't match. That's not going to work out for y'all. And they were like, yep, we know we need, that's why we called you. So I guess they finally found the matching telemetry unit. And I was like, I think I have to get in the water, but I don't want to get in the water if I'm still two centimeters. Like this feels insane. So that's the first time I asked to be checked again. And so she checked me and I was four and I was like, okay, all right. Okay. Making progress can I get in the water? And she said, sure. So I got in the water and things were calm for, to me, what felt like several hours, but was actually like 30 minutes. And I was like doing okay in the water. And Aaron and I were in the bathroom by ourselves and it was actually really sweet. And we had some, like, we were just talking or he was like talking and trying to like talking about like good memories. It was definitely like the calmest part of my labor. That's like 30 minutes. And then things really started picking up. And I started grunting with um, contractions. And I was like, this is not cool. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I can't be like feeling an urge to push already. And so I would have contractions and I would like grunt and I like couldn't help it. And I was like, I think I might be able to stop myself, but it feels better if I grunt. So I'm not going to, I'm just going to grunt. And then Mary and my nurse came in and they were like, what's going on? And I was like, I'm feeling like so much pressure, Mary. I think I, I don't know if I can do this. Like I feel an urge to push. I'm only four centimeters. And I kind of had a breakdown and she was like, well, let me check you. And I was like, I'm not getting out of the water. You have to check me. There's no way I'm getting out. So she <laughs> checked me and I was seven and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's real. All right. Okay. And so then I was like, okay, I'm really in labor. And I really started, I was, then I like, that's when I started playing a lot of mind games. I was like, okay, if I stay seven, I'm getting an epidural. If I progress, I'll keep going. Like I just was playing all these mind games with myself. And I, I definitely like coached myself through labor. And I remember thinking about you when you were in labor and like you sort of talking to yourself. And I did that a lot. Like during my contractions, I was nowhere near as calm as you were when you were in labor, but I was making a lot of noise, but I would be like, oh, open, 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 <laughs> like saying, like saying things, but not in like a calm, not like, open. I was like, open, 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 open. I was like, you're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Like talking to myself out loud, saying stuff like that. You were your I own doula. Like, yeah, I was definitely my own doula. And I didn't really want anyone else to talk to me or like Aaron would be like, you're doing great. And I'd be like, okay, great. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'd be like, down, 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 down. <laughs> and I'd be like, Oh my God. Okay. This really hurt. You can do it, but it hurts. But you can do it, but it hurts. <laughs> That's basically what I did. And so, and I'd be like, Oh, it hurts. <laughs> oh man. This episode is great. <laughs> so then, then Mary was like, you have to get out of the water. She was like, you have to get out of the water right now. And she was like, if you have a baby in the water. So I was her first. So Mary used to work at Texas Children's and then she started her own birth center and her own practice, but she maintained privileges as a, as a independent provider at the hospital. And she's the first midwife that they, that this has happened with in the Texas medical center. And so, and I was her first client on her own. And she was like, there is no way 
we're having this baby in the water, which is not allowed here. And you're my first person. And I'm not losing my privileges because of this. And she was very straightforward about that. And I was like, oh, she means business. Like, I'm <laughs> actually going to have to get out of this bathtub. <laughs> and she had been so calm and like, whatever you want to do until that moment. She looked at me and she was like, you are getting out. <laughs> and, I was, and I looked at her and I was like, I am not getting out until I'm complete. And she was like, no, you're getting out. <laughs> she was like, if you keep feeling an urge to push, you're getting out. And then I kept feeling it. And I was like, then you're going to have to check me because you're going to have to prove that I'm not still seven <laughs> centimeters before I get out of this tub. So she checked me again and I was nine. And I was like, I'm not getting out until I'm complete. And she was like, you're getting out right this very second. <laughs> And I was like, okay, guess I'm getting out. <laughs> so the nurse came, they helped me back to the bed. And then I labored on the bed. And this is where things were like, I was like, this is so terrible. I should never have gotten out of the water. This is horrible. <laughs> oh my God, I need, I think I need an epidural. And that's when I finally said it out loud. I was like, I think I'm going to have to get an epidural. And Mary was like, well, that would be a waste of a perfectly good epidural. <laughs> And in my head, I'm like, what are you talking about? That would be a perfectly good use of an epidural. <laughs> it would take the pain away. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think I can do this unless I can push. Like, I really don't think I can do this unless I can push. And so I was like, I need you to check me again. So she checked me again and I had a lip and she was like, okay. And I was like, do you think I, I was like, just keep your fingers in there, move the lip out of the way and let me push. Like <laughs> I can't do this unless I can push. I'm, I cannot keep laboring. This is killing me. And she was like, okay. She was like, you don't even need me to push it back. It's so soft. When you bear down, it goes behind the baby's head. And I said, okay. So I was pushing on my back. Then I tried on my side. And then she was like, let's try and breathe through some like this. I was not getting anywhere. And to me, this felt like it was taking hours. All in all, I think the baby was born like an like an hour and a half after I got out of the bathtub. So it really did not take hours, but it felt like it was taking hours. So you probably pushed for like an hour, you think? I think I pushed for a little under, I think on the official record, I pushed for like 50 minutes, like real pushing once I really started pushing. But I did a lot of like bearing down that wasn't really doing anything. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. And then, and like, and then we like, and Aaron said the worst part of it was when I turned on my side and they put a peanut ball between my legs and they were like, let's just relax for it. Let's see if that, like the baby will come down. Cause she was still really high. She was at like zero station at that point. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And that getting through those contractions was so hard for me. And I was holding Aaron's hand, squeezing it really hard. And that's when he was like, this sucks. Like, I'm so glad he told me later. He was like, I was really glad you were the one giving birth and not me. And then after that, I was like, I need to, that's when I was like, this isn't working. And that's when I just started like flipping around, trying to do different things. And we had tried like pushing on my back, like pulling my my legs back. And we had tried like a couple different things and I just felt really stuck. And at one point I was like, this really sucks. And Mary was like, well, do you want to call Jessica? And Jessica was supposed to be my doula who works with Mary. And I was like, no, what is Jessica going to do about this? <laughs> she can't come over here and push for me. Like, what is she? I told Jessica this story. I was like, I love you. But in that moment, I was like, what does she think Jessica is going to do about this? <laughs> No one can do anything about this but me. Like, I'm stuck. None of you can do this for me. I just am in this situation and it's horrible. And so I flipped over and that's when I kind of started getting my groove and they were like, oh yeah. Like, and I could feel, honestly, I could feel myself pooping. And I was like, if I'm pooping, I'm doing something right. Like I, I knew at that point and I told y'all, I felt really constipated. And so at that point I was like, I know that this is working and I am not going to move. 
so I, we had the head of the bed up and I was leaning over, I was on my knees kneeling and like leaning over the head of the bed. And then when I had a contraction, I would lean back on my, put my weight back on my feet and put my hands on the bed, on the flat part of the bed and push in a squat. And then I would lean back forward onto the front of the bed in between contractions, which was like, like two seconds, like, cause there was no in between contractions at this point. And that's when I really felt things started working and I could feel her coming down. But apparently I kept saying like, am I making progress? Am I pushing effectively? Is there anything I can do? Like I kept being like, someone needs to help me. <laughs> like someone needs to tell me how this is going. Even though at this point I could, I knew it was working, but I was like, am I pushing effectively? Aaron said, <laughs> I just kept using the word effectively. <laughs> And Mary was, she's very calm. And she was like, you're doing great. And I'm like, no, what does that even mean? What does it mean I'm doing great? <laughs> and then Aaron, at one point, they all made a joke about something. And I had been really nice my whole labor to everyone else. And I kind of thought I would get snippy, but I didn't. And then at this point, everyone laughed. And I was like, y'all need to stop laughing because this really freaking hurts. <laughs> and Aaron said that they all made eye contact with each other. Like, oh, how rude. <laughs> How dare she say that? And he said, he described the moment he was like, everyone felt really giddy because like we knew the baby was about to come out, but you were like in this like really dark place. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone else was like, oh, yay, about to have a baby. And as a doula, I told, and as a midwife, like I totally know that feeling. Like you're at the end of a labor. Everyone's like in a really good mood. Like everyone sort of has this adrenaline rush right before the baby comes out. But like the mom is like, in hell. <laughs> and that's what it was like. And then she was born. I, you know, you heard my, my ring of fire story. And I basically was like, I just have to push through this. and like, to, to damn if I tear like whatever. And she was born. And then I brought her up between my legs onto my chest. And then I like flipped over onto my hip and laid back and had her on top of me. And I cried and I was like, that hurts so bad. That just hurts so bad. And then I got my stitches and basically, and then I was like, what time is it? And I thought that it was like five or 6 PM. And I was like, what time was she born? And the nurse came over and she goes, she was born at, oh, 1135. And I was like, uh, excuse me? me? (laughs) (laughs) What? And I was so surprised. And then we ended up like after, you know, they had finished everything up, had gone to the bathroom, almost passed out, gone back to the bed, all that good stuff. We ordered lunch and Aaron and we had like a sandwich at one. And I remember being like, I literally just delivered your baby between meals. Like <laughs> you did not even, you had a midnight snack, breakfast tacos and lunch <laughs> like on time. <laughs> you, I, I didn't even I have to skip a meal to have this baby. <laughs> So I think like my takeaway from it, I was, it was so hard. It was so much harder than I thought it would be. But then, and I kept saying like zero out of 10, do not recommend. Like that's what I kept telling people. Do not recommend, do not recommend not having a baby with an epidural. But for me, and my recovery wasn't easy. I I did not feel like my recovery, and maybe it was easier than it would have been if I'd had an epidural and been really swollen and pushed a lot. And I totally believe that that's true. But for me, my takeaway was kind of like, none of this has been easy. Like I had a really hard time. Like the beginning of breastfeeding was hard. The engorgement was really hard, like really difficult for me. I had a oversupply of milk. I just, it was a mess. Like it took me a long time to like figure that out. I had a fussy baby with reflux and like, I just, it was all really hard. And I was like, having, I feel like if I had had an epidural, it would have gone from like being numb to being hard 
And I would have felt like confused, whereas it just went from like being hard to still being hard. And I was like, wow, this motherhood thing is just really, really hard. And not in a way that like, not, it's like really rewarding and really, and I, oh my gosh, I'm like so glad she's here. And I do feel really proud of myself for all of the work that I've put in, but like parenting is relentless. And I feel like, and to me, like my birth was just kind of part of that. Like that birth was to me was like relentless. Like it didn't let up. It didn't stop. It was this like, I really felt like I was on a train that I couldn't get off of. And like, I still sort of feel like I, you're sort of on a train that you can't get off of. Like you have this baby forever. And I think especially with the first baby, you go from like not being a parent to being a parent. And that transition is hard. And like, it's not that I don't like want to be a parent. I love, I oh, like she's the best. She's amazing. Yeah. But also it's really hard. And I think that like, birth is also really hard and being present for that. Like, I'm really proud of myself for like, be and that was like the right birth for me and I think like I would and I tell everyone if that had lasted 30 minutes longer I would have gotten an epidural <laughs> like I was I do not I don't regret not getting an epidural but I don't think I would have regretted getting an epidural either <laughs> like I, I just was like that just was my birth and that just like that was my like initiation into this like sort of relentless life that you live after where you have this little baby who needs you all the time and like birth also needs you a hundred percent of the time. Like labor, you have, like, to me, it was just part this like initiation into like being a hundred percent present and like a hundred percent there. And so, yeah, that was my takeaway. It wasn't like, oh, I would do it. And, and I kept saying, I don't know if I would do that again, but now I'm like, oh no, I would definitely do that again because like, it is part of it for me. Like it, it is like the experience of giving birth is part of the experience of like becoming a parent to this new person. And like, I don't want to like numb that. And I know that I can do it. And it like was really hard, but I also know that I can do it because it didn't take 12 hours. And I, maybe if it had taken 12 hours, like I would feel different. <laughs> and so, yeah. And my other thing I said almost immediately was if I ever do that again, there's no way I'm getting out of the water. <laughs> Like next, Word. Is, next baby is being born in the water. <laughs> oh, that was so much better for me. So yeah. anyway, that's my story. No, I I love that takeaway because it's so true. Because I tell parents like birth is hard, but it's the easiest part because there is no epidural for motherhood because motherhood is really hard. It is yeah. all the time, all consuming. Even when you're not next to your baby, you're worrying about your baby, thinking about your baby, your body's still making changes, making milk, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I, I love that, that takeaway. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah. Oh man, that was, that was powerful. That was intense. <laughs> it was intense. <laughs> it was really intense. <laughs> There was oh, no, like, oh, I'm in labor. Like, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's go. Like, there were stages of labor for me. Yeah. I think that that's part of it. There was no, like, oh, it's like this, and then it's like this, and, and then this it's like stage. this. Like, that did not, I did not no. experience that. So. Which is, again, y'all who are listening, that's typical for an induction. Like, I'm sorry, Pitocin, you're just kind of thrown into it. It's not going to be, you know, something that's, you know this slow progression. It's, it's pretty intense. And I'm, I'm really lucky that like it got intense and I dilated because for some people it gets like that and it's like really intense and you have all this Pitocin pumping through your body and it feels like you should be in transition, but you're still two centimeters. And like, literally if that had happened, I would have been like, you can't see me, but I'm raising my hand. I'm ready for, I like, there was (laughs) like, 
it is really hard. And I was the reason why I felt like I could do it is because I kept progressing and I was like, well, it's work. It's working. Yeah. 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 Let's hear about Lily Bell. Oh my goodness. I just feel bad now telling my story after hearing Like, yours. it was beautiful. It felt great. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. So, <laughs> well, with my second birth, like I said, the night before, the day before and night before, I was doing all the things all because I was so depressed that I was 40 weeks, past 40 weeks, and I still didn't have a baby. And I was like... I refuse to go to 41 weeks because I went to 41 weeks with Liam. And I was like, no, I refuse to do this. <laughs> so I was doing everything. And I had this little superstition thought that I was like, you know what? I did this really long walk with our friend, our friend Tara. And I, and for dinner, I went to Chipotle and I had two scoops of their red hot sauce. And then that night, I woke up at 2.45 in the morning and started contracting and, you know, had a baby at 12.50. So, you know what? I am going to do this again. (laughs) So, I did all of, I did the same thing. My two scoops of hot sauce with my Chipotle bowl. and That hot sauce will definitely get your bowels moving. Yes. And it did. (laughs) Yeah. Because that night, like I said, so that night after I did all of those things, I went to the bathroom four times just to pee. And then in the morning or in that night, I had a loose stool. And then in the morning, I had a loose stool. But I woke up and... Brian was like, hey, there's some droplets of blood on the toilet seat. And so when I went and I wiped, I had a good amount of blood and mucus, but I didn't feel anything happening. So I was like, okay, well, I'm obviously dilating and that's great. And so I just remember being, I went into the living room. I did a story for all of our Instagram followers showing like still pregnant, like cool. And I laid on the couch being a little depressed and our son was still at home because we had an Arctic freeze in Texas and the week prior and <laughs> Liam's school, some of the pipes bursted. So there were, so it was closed for another week. So they had to do repairs. So he was still at home. So I was hanging out with him in the living room, feeling really depressed that like, okay, well, at, but I was like, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to sit here and do some work on my phone with my son. And at least I'm have some bloody show. So maybe in the next day or two, something will happen. But then after I did that story, I started feeling crampy. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Maybe it's just the Chipotle just like now bothering my bowels or whatever. And, but then they, and I felt that at 8am. And then I texted our midwife. So I want to say like 30 minutes later, I was feeling like those cramps were becoming waves. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to text my midwife and tell her because I told her as soon as I feel anything, I would let her know. So I sent her a screenshot of you know, my bloody show to prove that I was not making it up. And I sent her a screenshot of uh, some some waves that I had experienced, some contractions. I went through my contraction app. I did like a screenshot and they were already four or five minutes apart, 45 seconds long. And she was like, okay, great. Well, I'm a little far away, she said. So, so let me know when you think I should start heading over because, you know, it's going to take some time. And I said, okay, well, I can still talk and I'm fine. Like, you know, I just feel, you know, just little waves. It's not that big a deal. She was like, okay, that sounds great. So an hour later at 930, she texts me and she's like, how's it going? And I was like, I'm still able to talk through them. I'm still breathing. Was it 930? 
9.30. Yeah. At 9.30, she texted me and she's, I was like, I'm still talking through them. I'm still breathing through them. So, but they're definitely like stronger and closer together. So not yet. I don't think you need to come yet. And she was like, okay. So at 9.45, like just in 15 minutes, they got more intense, like really intense. And I was like, okay, no, you should probably start heading over here and like make a plan because they're, they're getting more intense. And I, I, feel like this is, it's going to happen today. And she was like, okay. I, she goes, I didn't listen to you. I'm already on my way. I'm 10 minutes away from your house. (laughs) And I was like, perfect. Good job. Good job not listening to me. So she arrived at my door at 10, 10. And, (laughs) and I was like, hi, Nancy, how are you? And, and she was like, I'm good. And we walked to my, my bedroom. I'm still talking and just breathing through them. And she, and, but for some reason it happened the same thing with you, Mary Alice. As soon as she walked through my door, it's like my body said, okay, you can now have a baby. You're safe now. You're safe now. Mm -hmm. And so it went from like, as soon as we went into my bedroom, I got this huge wave that I had to like lean over and breathe and couldn't talk through. And she was like, yeah, you need to call your photographer, your videographer now. And I was like, okay, so after that contraction passed, I called her and I was like, hi, Stephanie, you know, uh, my midwife says I should call you. You should probably start heading over. She was like, okay. (laughs) Um, She later told me that she was like, you were so calm. I didn't really believe you. (laughs) I was surprised she made it. That was one of the first questions I asked Brian when he texted me and told me the baby was born. I was like, did Stephanie make it? <laughs> Luckily, she lives only 15 minutes away from me. Oh, so that okay. helps. Yeah. <laughs> so she was like, I didn't really believe you when you called me because you just sounded too calm. Mm-hmm. And then apparently that, but after I had another contraction right after calling her and I'm like beside my bed, like moaning. And Nancy was like, let's check you. After this, you know, I went to the bathroom and then I, I, she checked me and she, I knew that my, my cervix was still a bit posterior because she had me put my, my, uh, fists under my, my sacrum to, to lift, lift my pelvis up. And she was like, okay, you're six, seven, you're seven. Yeah. Seven centimeters, 80% of face. Yeah. And I said, okay, great. That means I can get in the tub. I know that you, that's when you let people in the tub. So I'm Brian, start the water right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I had like one contraction, uh, out of the tub and then they had the, and, and with my, Brian was so good with his birth. He followed my birth plan to a T. He was getting like my playlist. He had it out and playing with our bows. He lit all my candles. He got the tub ready. He had my essential oils ready. He was like, he was like, I am not going to F this up because she has threatened me that because we don't have a doula, I have to like perform. So he had the water ready. I got in. I felt immediately so much better. And after I had one contraction, but the second contraction, I felt this like release, this gush. And then I looked around the water and it was a little discolored. And I was like, and I didn't, I was just so in this like labor land. Nancy goes, Nina, did your water just break? And I go, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, okay, that's, that's okay. Do you, how, how do you feel? And I was like, and I just kind of ignored her. And I just kept, uh, I had two more contractions. And then on the third one, I just felt 
like this baby was coming out. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I go, Nancy, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, I'm pushing. And she was like, okay. So she walks around the side and I, cause I was leaning over the side of my tub laboring. And so I push myself back against, you know, my back against the back of the tub and have her make sure like what's going on. And she goes, yep, her head's right there. And she puts her palm just right there on my perineum. Luckily, my my photographer came like I was in the tub. So she maybe got like two contractions on film <laughs> before I started pushing. And she goes, yep, she's right here. So let's let's start pushing. And then I start pushing. She goes, okay, slow down. You're going too fast. <laughs> and she goes, I just need you to grunt. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So I did like three pushes and she was out. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that was intense. It was, but it was fast. And that did, and I was like thinking to myself, so that did not suck. She was born, she was born at 1058. So from the time my midwife got there at 1010 to the time she checked me it's at 1020, <laughs> yeah, um, she was born at 1058. And I remember bringing her up from the water and thinking, oh my God, you're so small. Cause I remember lifting Liam and being like, you are massive. Like, I just remember thinking he was so big and he was eight pounds, six ounces. And then I pick her up and I just remember the difference of weight and being like, oh my gosh, you're so tiny. And I put her to my chest and yeah, she was seven pounds, two ounces, so much better than eight pounds, six ounces. Yep. And yeah. And, and I was just so happy and we just hung out. And then I told you about the, the placenta, but yeah. And then eventually we just kind of hung out in the water. Liam came and got to see her. I said, Brian, go get Liam so he can meet her. And my, I remember my mom, she goes, she goes, yeah, we were just hanging out, you know, cause you guys had gone into your room. And then all of a sudden I heard a baby crying and I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> and I was like, yep, she's here. And then, yeah, it was just, it was just awesome after that. Like I got out of the tub and Liam was like, you know, loving on her. He just loves his sister. It was just the best. I, I loved my birth experience. And then Brian, as soon as she was born, Brian was calling Jimmy John's to make sure that I had my Italian nightclub. Yes, I remember seeing that on your birth plane and being like, wow, that is specific. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I am not messing up my job as Nina's doula. So he was just on it. So yeah, it was just, it was, it was great. It was so different than my first one, but I still, I loved my first one too. And the, and the thing is, I think that with yours and mine, I just know that there's no epidural as an option. So I don't even think about it. I don't even like, it's not even in my brain because I'm like, that's not an option. Being in the hospital definitely changes that mindset for sure. Yeah. And I knew I was being induced and I told myself like, oh, well, if I'm induced, I'm probably going to need an epidural. Like I had already sort of like had that, like, That was already like a thought in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, valid because I don't know if I could handle Pitocin, but, but, but yeah, labor, I, 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 I handle, it it, it was a trip, but yeah. So I hope you guys who are listening enjoyed our stories. I hope that they help in some way so that you know a little bit of what to expect because I always love hearing a good birth story. So yeah, I hope that 
there were just some points that are helpful as you approach your due date. So y'all, as always, we always want to hear your thoughts and are curious if you had any or all of these experiences during your labor and delivery. Is there anything else that you would like to mention to our listeners? We'd love for you to share them with us on our Facebook page where we'll be posting today's episode. We'll also be answering everyone's questions in the comments. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at The Baby Chick. And of course, visit our website, www.baby-chick.com for more. Thank you so much, Mary Alice. This was so fun. And you guys, thank you for tuning in. We'll talk again later. Thank you.